0: hello everyone this is charlotte pierce the producer of Pyragogy in action our live stream and podcast produced by the Pyragogy project which is now in its 10th year we're celebrating our 10th anniversary all year i think right um today we're we're top just dis- we're discussing uh, causal layered analysis and if you don't know what adult uh, what that is like I didn't when I started out exploring this topic. Um, You probably will by the end and we'll do some more sessions on this as well. So now I'm going to introduce uh, Charlie Danoff, who's our host and longtime um, peer in the Pieragogy Project. Joe Corneli is our episode producer. He's in the background and uh, I'm Charlotte Pierce, producer and Charlie. Uh, take it away.
1: Thanks, Charlotte. Um, hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. If you're here live or listening to the recording, uh, we're really excited about uh, today's episode. Um, so we're going through uh, causal layered analysis with uh, two of the stars in the field. Um, and uh, so we have uh, Sohel in Ayatollah as well as Ivana Milovic today. And um, if you want to start by uh, having them uh, introduce themselves. You wanna start, uh, Ivana?
2: Sure, my name is Ivana, happy to be here. Congratulations on your 10th anniversary. Um, Anything else you'd like me to say? I work in the context of metafuture.org. I'm a researcher, writer, and educator. Thank you.
1: Welcome. And, uh, so hello.
3: Yeah. Ditto to all that. Yes.
1: All right. And then what is, uh, for those unaware, what, what is Metafuture?
3: So, uh, we're international think tank focused on creating alternative and preferred futures. We have online courses at Metafuture dot, at Metafuture school. And basically our main intent is helping organizations, countries, institutions, individuals, community move from the de facto future towards understanding disruption and then moving towards alternative futures and then really their preferred future. And we found that works the best when we can use CLA, challenge the current reality, understand the current metaphor and find a new story and new ways to measure that story.
1: excellent um the uh yeah i found i was introduced to uh causal layer analysis or cla at the uh 2019 um anticipation conference in uh, oslo and um that was uh we uh really uh, very powerful concept and obviously and uh your uh your lecture your keynote there was uh, about uh then the, especially the impact in education and how uh, when you went to those different communities how that it could um not just like necessarily predicting the future but uh you know getting to that root that that myth layer understanding you know how that influences and uh influences thought and then um and then how can i show my some of my own naivete and ignorance about the future and things and um and my own awareness, and so, but, uh, but I don't need to do a uh, haphazard job of explaining it. Let's let's go into the first first question here. What is the what is uh, what are the origins of causal layered analysis, and what is it?
3: So, simply put, there's four layers of reality in this approach: the litany, the data, the world we see, the systemic causes to that, and systemic solutions that derive. And deeper is the worldview, the ideology, the culture, the discourse, if you're a And Underneath all that are the myths and metaphors. And the whole notion is normal analysis stays at level one or two. It's the headlines and the causes of the headlines. And our approach is you no know, go deeper, understand the different worldviews. If you're looking at, at the war, is it, as Putin says, a military excursion? Or is it, as Ukraine says, an invasion? And you start to look at the different worldviews that help us understand that that moves us towards solutions. And you want to go to the deep metaphors and the deep metaphors is where you can get longer, deeper change because they're the underlying stories that we use to give meaning. So if you look at the global financial crisis uh, 14 years ago, there was a great article in the Financial Times that this is a crisis in search of a narrative. Is it a mortgage crisis? If so, then help, help mortgage payers. Is it a banking crisis? Is it a deeper financial crisis? Is it really about industrial to post-industrial civilization? Or is it about the rise of the East, of Asia Pacific region? So the story you use to describe reality changes your solution. And our approach in CLA is use all four levels. Level one are, you know, are the data people, they count. Level two, systemic people, environmentalists, engineers, the cyber gang. Level three are the philosophers, the worldview thinkers. And level four are the poet, the artists, the storytellers. So we're suggesting as your cake starts out, live it all for. Find new stories, but if they're just stories without words, they mean nothing. Make sure the new words, the new metaphors link to systemic changes, whether that's taxation, subsidies, new regulations. And then we know reality gets created by what we count. So change our measurement system. So that's why it's so powerful, Hundreds of organizations, institutions, and countries use it as a way to challenge today and create tomorrow.
1: Thank you. And um, I think, Ivana, I think you did your, uh, you were grabbed by this concept and did your your PhD thesis on it, right? you want to talk about that a
2: little bit? Yes, definitely. I mean, the way I understand CLA, it is both a theoretical framework and it is a research method and it is integrative method so for me personally i'll start with personal and then i'll go professional i had epiphany when i was in my teenage years and i realized that anytime people talked why we can't have gender equality in our society they were going back to two basic stories one was religious and the other one was scientific and uh, when you look at uh, data that was given at the time there was this big disconnect between what desired vision for the future was and what are some of the narratives that were being subconsciously internalized and then cultural change was not happening partially because of those very deeply embedded narratives. They were always go-to these forces, when people said, oh, you can't have that or you can't change your life like this or you don't have freedom. You have to live under authoritarian systems because that's human nature. So anytime a narrative is used like that, it always has implications. So Suhail was already saying something about framing of the conflict. So depending on how you frame the conflict, whether it's aggression by Russians, by Russia, by Russian government, by Putin government, you will have different strategies immediately being proposed from there. So my PhD thesis, I was looking at futures of education. And there are lots of debates at the time. I mean, it's uh, 20 something years ago when I did my PhD thesis, there were debates going on about what is the desired future and how do we get there. And as well here, there was lots of disconnect. I did my PhD thesis in Meanjin, Brisbane, on the lands of Jagara people, indigenous people of Australia. And they they had a different discourse that was simply not heard. So they would say things that were not translated because the worldviews were different and myths and metaphors were different. So I used CLA to try to deepen my understanding, broaden my understanding and ask the key question, what is the purpose of education? Why are we educating? Is education for human capital formation? Is it to get students and children jobs? Is it access to information or is it about something else? And indigenous people are very clearly saying it's about human and cultural survival. That is the purpose of education. That is our vision. So if you introduce different um policies in place that are going to bridge the gap between indigenous population of Australia and mainstream education population of Australia, you need to take into account the worldviews and myths and metaphors those different groups operate. And obviously, when you come from marginalized social spaces, CLA makes so much sense because people who live on the margins of society due to their gender, disability or cognitive uh, differences or any demographic differences usually they are told the story about themselves because power always defines so people who are marginalized have their identities defined to them by those outside of them who are more powerful but then they don't they know their own story their own lived experience so you immediately have dual perspective you are very well aware of what's mainstream perspective on things and what's your local account on things. If you come from multiple marginalized spaces, then you have, again, multiple perspectives. So CLA, to me, is a brilliant method that kind of explains that to people in a very non-confrontational way. So you don't have dualism, either or, but you say these are the multiple perspectives, these are various perspectives of stakeholders, that is at a third level. They're all informed by deeper myths and metaphors. And then when you create strategies, they're always connected with myths and metaphors and worldviews. However, people usually stay at that litany level or social cause level when there, was no, there is no connection between the two. So in education, for example, I work at the university a lot. There was a disconnect between what was supposed to be vision for the future or what was explicitly stated as a goal, and that was to work collaboratively at the university. But the system only measured individual achievement of lecturers and professors. So then there is a disconnect between the story and what is being measured. CLA helps integrate that in a way helps us transform certain things in our society that we are not work that, that we know that are not working helps us to integrate those four levels and then it's also a tool for transformational change
1: the um that uh thank you and that yeah the education thinking about uh lecturers profet- or individuals being rewarded for getting publications versus what you learned about education from that uh indigenous group where it's about human and cultural survival it's quite a uh, there are two very different approaches um and i think yeah the education metaphor in addition to the financial crisis and the war that uh so that really helps the, it illuminate the different layers and how you can get kind of stuck many people myself included get, you can get kind of stuck at the first two um, All right, uh, moving on. So, and I think, you know, education, we've talked about some, but uh, what are some practical applications of causal-layered analysis? And then um, maybe we'll go back to uh, Sohil. I know you do a lot of work with UNESCO and other corporations and nonprofit groups, and maybe anything you want to, what would you like to highlight?
0: Maybe
3: if, if, if we stay with education, so when we met in Oslo, I presented to the by the Ministry of Education. And we talked about the normal narrative that shows up over and over for ministries is being in a castle surrounded by hungry wolves. The minister, the principals, the educators are safe in Camelot, in the castle, but outside are hungry wolves, media, parents, teachers, studios. And so there's a sense we want to innovate, but there's risk everywhere. So one of the things we, when we use CLA, we say, well, what's a better metaphor? And I know in Norway, they said, well, why don't we move to a jazz orchestra? Now, why is that better? Said, well, that includes individual excellence, but also jazz works best when there's cooperation. And then the role of the ministry is to actually be the director, get everyone involved, engaged. And so when we're working with many educational systems throughout the world, This comes up a lot with students. It's right now we wear a generic suit, meaning it's uh, 9 to 3.30. We're all the same age. We get the same curriculum. Where would you like to move? Well, tailor-made suit. Now, that's a great new metaphor for education. What does that mean in reality? Well, systemically, we want more flexible pathways. We want to learn when we want to, with whom we want to, where we want to. So tailored-made suit is we're designing education for the person as opposed to what we've had for hundreds of years, the factory being dominant, being hegemonic. So CLA then comes in and says, so we we run this with students. And then, of course, we had principals and teachers respond. At one workshop, the students said, actually, we want the tinder of education. And suddenly there were 60-year-old principals saying, what? What does that mean? They said, well, swipe left, you're gone. Swipe right, you can stay. And then there was this, as Ivana suggested, well, that's the student view. What's the principal view? And they said, well, we still want you to be grounded in sport. We want you to be grounded in spirit, in community care. So this became the negotiation. But the important part was the student view was expressed. It was expressed as systemic changes. It was expressed as story. And then we could move towards what's a more inclusive story that's brings in their view but it's also far more affirmative of other stakeholders if you don't do that you always get failure with law enforcement one large i won't say which country we're working with their national cyber strategy kept on failing and then as we worked with the deputy commissioner and he said aha it's because we believe we know best and so we think, well, we're the best national strategy for this. And they didn't consult the stakeholders. As you start to think about stakeholders, privacy advocates says, well, we don't trust you. Citizens said, fear no evil, see no evil, not our problem. So they understood for a strategy to work, he had to bring in the stories of the stakeholders and more importantly, understand the story of his agency. If they really believe they know best, then doesn't matter how many hundreds of millions you spent. And they had spent hundreds of millions of dollars. This won't lead to success because you're only seeing your world. And so futures work works best when you bring the worlds of others through their stories and through their strategies. He had an expanded strategy. Now, I called a year later to see how did it work out. You came up with this amazing strategy. He said, no, my new ideas to bring more in was correct. But the story of the organization maintained we know best. We were unable to change. I think Ivana has some... Other suggestions as well.
2: Oh, yeah, I can just add to what you were saying, Sohel, that I think uh, what's brilliant is that you can bring multiple perspectives of various stakeholders. Um, like in education, going back to that topic again, you have some ideals such as child centered education, but then you have the tension in the same institution you have detention as behavioral management strategy, and it's child-centered education. If it's child-centered education, then you need to really look at what does this child need? Can you understand this behavior and can you meet the child's needs. So that's a very different, once again, approach, and there is a disconnect. And sometimes this diversity is at a very superficial level. I remember one time my daughter was given a book about princesses. They were like 12 different stories. And at a surface level, those stories were different. They were different princesses, they looked differently, they uh, did different things, etc. But the structure was the same. and the ending was always the same. You know they always ended up marrying a prince and that was the end of the story. So we say we bring diversity, but it's really no diversity. It's all the same stuff at that structural pattern level. So there was one project that I was involved with obviously we did I, I did a lots of work in the area of peace and conflict studies so we look at those deep narratives how they translate and what are the narratives needed for nonviolent conflict resolution and transformation they can't be from a discourse of nationalism for example because you have dual uh, kind of group and you have to decide which one is going to win, this one or that one, if you have inter-ethnic conflict. You need to switch the worldview, perspective of humanism so you don't have a perspective of militarism if you want to switch the conflict because then it's just, um, you know, who is the strongest. Uh, You ask different questions and you can only ask different questions if you introduce different worldview. So we do that at a very kind of high theoretical level. We can look at conflict between states, or inter ethnic conflict, etc. But we also work uh, with various governmental organizations or NGOs. I work with quite a number of NGOs. And uh, also um, at the personal level with individuals. Um, one project I've done in Serbia was uh, retelling the traditional tales, which, as I was saying before, they had a the very same structure. Enemy is always the other, the other ethnic group. Girls are always powerless and they are waiting to be rescued. Boys have to resolve conflict through violent means if they want to kind of practice their masculinities and so on and so forth. So we try to change that structure and we introduce CLA in a very indirect way. So children, we even have five-year-olds take um, these, uh, these workshops and uh, it was very indirect through storytelling um, they were doing their own activities. And the point was to introduce, I mean, we didn't introduce traditional tales because everybody knows them. But we introduced alternative ones with alternative ending, with alternative, a uh, little bit of a surprise there. And then we invited uh, students to write their own stories. And through that very simple process, here is the dominant narrative. Here is the alternative. Now come up with something you yourself are passionate about. How can you resolve this situation in the story? Uh, Children came up with very creative solutions, something uh, something that made sense to them. And then in that way, future is opened up and you remove some of the obstacles which force us to keep on going in a direction we don't want to go. That disconnect between desired future and strategies we put in place is kind of minimized so those are just some examples
1: oh those are great and imagine that hmm. please
3: i mean just to add to that ivana has a series of new books called the heroine's journey the goalmaker, the oh, yeah. future maker and the peacemaker oh nice and they're actually saying okay well let's rewrite these <laughs> stories as projects oh wow but also as a way to inspire and recreate. So CLA can be used with organizations. It can be with institutions. And now when I look at you folks, you've actually changed it. The old world was the lecture. The worldview is pedagogy. The metaphors professor knows best. You've shifted it to already a, a pedagogy meaning we all create together. And instead of the lecture it's now peer-to-peer. So today I was working with Interpol and we had a discussion of the Interpol story is the Red Notice. It's basically a uh, association of international, of nations. But we know the crisis we're facing, climate change, the decline of the nation state, rogue nations, suggests that we have to transform it. So I suggested, well, maybe we need to move to an Earth poll. As we talked more that the more and more security agencies are are starting everywhere, and I said, Ashley, your role is the connector and the regulator of all the new security agencies. As we face more crises, we need trusted international organizations that actually can do conflict resolution, peacekeeping, that actually are beyond the nation state. So this big game that CLA was then used to discuss, aha, Interpol, Red Notice, let's move towards EarthPol, policing the Greens. And then really, as the world gets even more complex, we need new institutions. And I can see you're doing
1: that already with pedagogy to pedagogy congratulations thank you um no thank you those are i mean tons of obviously yeah we're going from education and I imagine those those little girls uh, in Serbia they wrote they wrote different different stories with different endings than the ones that they've been presented and i yeah this connecting all the stakeholders um something that uh really uh yeah hearing all the voices really really important and, yeah fear peer, definitely pedagogical and then I think well and you mentioned Sohil about the future uh, you know the literal future and maybe some new institutions and so how do you see um, how do you see the the causal layer analysis playing out uh, in the years to come or what are you what are your yeah what are your thoughts about the, the future of, of CLA?
3: I know in, in my case what I'm really enjoying is it's called CLA of the self, basically narrative futures. And Ivana has written a few pieces on futures therapy, etc. So the idea is you go. It's not just applying it to the external world, whether ministries, educational institutions, your organization, but to our inner world. So I know one CEO, when he took my course, he said he always knew what to do. Life was predictable. I said, what's the metaphor for that? He said, well, he's a tennis player, always knowing which court he was going to be on. He said, now, given the rate of change, given changes in everything, he never knows which court. He said, life is like you show up for a grass court, but it's a clay court. So I said, what's the better story? He said, the better story is the person who can play on many courts. I said, okay, okay, good. That new story gives you now a new direction. But what's the new systemic change? He goes, aha, I need to g- gain emotional intelligence. I need to learn spiritual intelligence. I need to have diversity training. I have to change. And I said, okay, that's your tenure. Now let's go 20 years. He goes, aha, I became a CEO for the love of the game, for learning, for teaching, to make a difference. I've forgotten that. I'm just not playing to win. So his new story was the coach. And that meant reconnecting with his five-year-old self, which was about joy and playfulness and really, you know, contributing. So his final CLA, the first one was not knowing which court to show up. There's too many different types of court. And finally, Coach, the love of the game. So CLA then is used for personal transformation. I was in Shanghai virtually last week, and they were stuck. And the person said, I'm in a prison. I said, well, we can't get you out of the prison, but we can give you new meanings for your prison. And he came up with the idea, he'll paint his prison. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, he'll connect with other people who also feel stuck. He'll, he'll write books and read things he hasn't had a chance to write. He's stuck. Let me find a way to make my stuckness blissful and joyful. So CLA is really about this inner transformation and we hope the future is we have a book CLA 3.0 coming out. We hope more and more apps and AI being used to help in CLA and also if you use CLA on AI we're very clear the algorithms have to bring in multiple stakeholders where their stories just as Ivana was saying. I'll pass it back to her.
2: Um, I I'm just going to say quickly, because we are coming to an end of our conversation, that I'm hoping the future of CLA is democratization, because it started as a theoretical, methodological research type um, method and all that in the context of academic setting then it moved to organizations businesses governments but more and more we've been as i said i've been working in suhail as well we've been working with ngos and with individuals on inner cla so i am working on a project with elizabeth hovenschild and alexandra isgarian we are trying to democratize it uh, also to make it more accessible even for young people uh, And with a purpose, the same, I think we're on the same kind of mission here to move away from some autocratic hierarchical arrangements to make it more accessible to wider audiences and to make it more applicable with a goal of people creating their own futures the way they like to have their futures created. So that is the whole purpose of CLA as transformative tool. Uh, Something that can be used, as I said, from five-year-olds all the way to retirees, which we also had sometimes in workshops. People who are trying to uh, figure out how to deal with their last or final stage in their life journey.
4: Mm
1: Well, that is uh, that is very exciting. From uh, from five year olds to retirees to AI to, <laughs> to government organizations <laughs> to individuals. That's uh, wow. Um, well, thank you so both so much. Uh, really appreciate the time and the great conversation. And now, uh, Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, and Joe are back here to uh, to close mm-hmm. us out.
4: Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, we usually like to all come back and pile back in to make a little bit of a round table at the end. We've only got a couple minutes, but um, one of the contributors to the Pyragogy project, uh, Ray Puzio, um, just relayed to me an interesting comment about changing the way the stories are told. So the hero's journey is very famous. Ivana has a heroine's journey, but maybe we can have other kinds of ways of telling the story. And then it, it also reminded me a bit of this Vladimir prop, especially because you were talking about a Eastern European context. He has this theory of Russian Folktales. Maybe we need different roles as well as different journeys. And so um, it just occurred to me as well. Maybe also as a, as a question for Charlie, who's a, the poet in residence of the Piragaji project. Maybe we need new poet, new poetic methods of storytelling um, as well. So these could be possible themes. I don't know if anyone wants to say something about that in in a, in a few seconds. A short poetic on the fly reflection is perhaps all we have time for, sub haiku length, but. Uh, New stories
3: yeah. linked to new systems.
0: Yeah. There it is. Yeah, I just, um, you know, as, as we were talking, I was thinking like, what about, I mean, the, the real time conflicts, you know, like this, this all sounds like a great solution for building a better future, but like, how do you get beyond that conflict? You know you just see that you see it every day uh, and maybe that's a discussion for another time but um that that's you know i i love i think
2: we yeah we approach that uh, through again multiplicities um mm-hmm. multiplicity of selves so we don't just have one self within us we have different selves and there are competing mm-hmm. selves here there is a pusher one achieving one and then there is a lazy one you know there is somebody who mm-hmm. just wants to take it easy and so what we do is we negotiate those multiple selves they become stakeholders like when we work with organizations you have different stakeholders in organization this is at the level of a person where you have competing desires and competing needs and how do you negotiate them and how do you create on different stories uh in my personal life you You know, I had tension between raising children and then professional work and then, Mm -hmm. you know, time speeding up and all sorts of things. So I've kind of managed to negotiate at times, not always successfully, but at times when is the time to just do nothing, you know, and how to be in that being Mm -hmm. energy versus when I have to be in a doing energy and when is which one appropriate given the particular situation because often we get into those cells and instead of us running the cells, they run us. So We need to kind of become in control and I think CLA mm. is a method that look at multiple stakeholders within us can help us understand the dynamics deeper and broader and then become more powerful agents in our own lives. That's yeah. been my experience, and that's how we kind of approach it. Unless that makes sense, For me, that's yeah. just brilliant. Yeah.
4: But
3: the way Ivana said that selves run mm. us. So if I'm in conflict, I have to ask myself, what's my metaphor of this situation?
0: Mm-hmm. Which
3: self is active? And if I want the conflict to resolve, what's a better story for me? How I act. Mm.
0: Well, let's uh, continue this. Is Let's continue so this. Gonna, yeah. uh, Joe, what you want to take us out and, and talk
4: sure, about? i will just mention it because uh we have uh we tend to this conversation obviously could go on very long and we have some people <laughs> watching on the live stream who might like to jump into the conversation. So if the uh, guests have a minute, hopefully this will allow us to, to carry on the conversation as a sort of after party. So there's a link here, meet.j.c puragogy. Uh please continue it. Yeah, we saw a question from Claire just pop up. So uh Hopefully, if you can jump to this link, um, including the affordances of the body as a way mm-hmm. of knowing and story and world-making, lovely. Um, so um, if, if you're willing to make the jump, uh, many of us, I think, will be there on the after-party, but I've got to run. So I'll see you. I <laughs> you so much um, and hope to speak to you again sometime soon. Bye.
1: All right. Well, uh, thank you, Sohel and Ivana and uh, Charlotte and Joe for producing such a great episode. And yeah, uh, we'll, uh, if you're able to tuning in live and you're able to join us meet M E T J I T S I forward slash pyragogy p e e r a g o g y please come and uh, hang out
0: thank you all thank you thanks